Are you ready to trip? Yeah, yeah, it's your boy Simon back here with episode 3 of Simon's Valley Trip Podcast. FMF, baby. Fitness, music, and food. Delicious. Alright, so today on episode 3, we're going to talk about high-intensity interval training on music. I'm going to rant a little bit about the venues and how stingy they are. And on food, we're going to talk about a new trend called whole or farito. Yes. Fa and rito. Put it together. Think about what that is. Dream about it and then go and get one. All right, before though, I need to talk about something very interesting I saw. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard about she sheds. Well, she sheds, S-H-E space, S-H-E-D-S. It's basically the counterpoint to man caves. So these are like she caves. <laughs> well, we call them man cave. And when I say we, it's because I am a man, but I don't have a man cave. I don't need a man cave. Even though I am here in the studio, in the garage, but I think that the man cave concept is basically to have a space where I can watch sports by myself or with my other buddies and drink beer and be away from the women, I guess, you know. Um, I, and maybe uh, because I grew up in Venezuela, we really don't. Um, have that tradition of, you know, like, oh, I'm just looking forward to have our own house so I can have my man cave, my own space. And so I'm not a big supporter of man caves. I really don't care too much for them. And um, now come the she sheds. So the she sheds are basically, or by definition, some sort of outbuilding not attached to the house. So this is a movement that started years ago. There are some in California, but there are also, uh, apparently the movement started in, whether it was in Australia or the United Kingdom. So if you know women, once they walk into a room, a house, an apartment, whatever, they just start making calculations in their head about what they want in that room, in that house, that apartment, that office, and how much it's going to cost. What really matters here is what they want to do with the room, what they want to put in it. They don't care about how much it's going to cost. So the she sheds are basically 
you know, like sheds or uh, extension rooms that they have in, in a house that have been used as storage rooms for tools or just a bunch of old crap that you keep piling up, hoarding in a space. Well, some women or a woman decided to clear that out and basically turn it into a little place for her to escape. And now the she sheds are trending. It's a huge trend. Like I said, it's getting here to California. And now women that um, have reached the point of uh, the empty nest with their husbands, if they see that their husbands are in their man caves working, you know, with their tools, doing stuff, uh, building up projects and whatnot, not building up projects, that sounds wrong, they're not building projects, they're making stuff with their tools or sitting there watching football or baseball and drinking beer, well, now women decided they're going to go to the shed, empty it up, and get it all nice and cozy for them to just go and chill. So they're going to put some dig decoration in it they're gonna put some super cool furniture if my wife had a she shed she would definitely make the ambience so like peaceful and sexy that i would probably like to be in that she shed more than she would like to so uh women if you want to get back at your man by because he has a man cave get a she shed if you have a shed just empty that bitch out and start putting your own fantasy room in there and just go in there bring your computer and just you know bottle of wine and go and rant on pinterest all day long looking for ideas Big, big rabbit hole on Pinterest, searching and searching and searching for the perfect little shelf to put your books for the sexiest, most comfy cushions so you can sit down, a little wine cooler, and um, your magazines, your books, whatever it is that you want to do. And just when your man says, uh, I'm sorry, babe, but I need some time in my man cave. Tell him, like, oh, so sorry, honey. Peace out. I'm going to my she shed. And just go and spend your time there. Do what you got to do. I'm not going to mention, like, straight female activities because I don't want to sound like a dick. But just go out there and do what you got to do and get your own time. This is... That is your space and get your me time on uh, your she shed. And now let's get deep into FMF. Today for fitness, like I said, we're going to be talking about high interval, high intensity interval training, which is a big trend. It's buzzing. It's been creating a big buzz for the past, I want to say five, five or four, four years. The first contact I ever had with it was the famous or infamous Insanity program 
by Beachbody. And then, of course, every single magazine, every single fitness blog or website caught up to it, and everybody's doing their own variations. There's apps out there for your tablets or smartphones. And the high-intensity interval training, what is re what really tries to achieve or the end of, of these uh, fitness programs is to increase the rate of fat burning in the body in the less amount of time. So what you're going to do is you're going to go and do exercises at high intensity, rest, short periods of time, and then kick it, kick it up full blast once again. So what we're trying to do is not um, these programs, they really aim to not keep the steady pace of cardio, um, like on the, the treadmill or the elliptical machine. What they really want you to do is just go full blast for, let's say, two minutes, then rest like a minute or 30 seconds, and then go again. Mixing it up in a circuit with putting like different exercises. I was checking on uh, men's fitness and they have one called the burpees ender where you start with pull-ups. So you do your pull-ups, the max amount of reps that you can do in 30 seconds. You get down from the bar and then you do uh, jumping jacks for 60 seconds. And then you do 20 burpees or burpees for 20 seconds. Then you take one minute break and then you go again and it's four rounds of that. And that's one high intensity interval training session. The pros and the cons for those who have tried may relate to this. This is my personal personal experience. The One of the pros is you really get results. You really get results, and not only you really get them, you get to see them very fast. For me, the con, the biggest con was my metabolism increased so, so much that I really had to take care of my diet and I was I, I was finding myself hungry at all times. I couldn't split the meals like uh, every three hours have like a, a, a snack or something like that, a protein shake. I needed to eat because my metabolism just increased so, so much. And because of work, I really couldn't get to eat in time or on time and the the amount that I needed, I started losing weight immediately. And I realized that what I was losing after that was not fat, but I was just losing muscle. So be careful of that. Hydrate yourself very, very well if you're going to get into the high intensity interval training. And uh, you should definitely consult a nutritionist or 
your your personal trainer or whoever is training you at a fitness or athletic center so you can um, spread out the caloric intake that you're going to need along the day so you don't feel hungry at all time because one of the biggest problems I see with that is that if you're a heavy person and you're trying to lose weight with these high-intensity training, but you're hungry all the time throughout the day, you're, there's two things that can happen. One is that you're losing that muscle that you're building during the exercise, and the other one is that you're going to start overeating if you can't really um, set down your, your diet in, a, in an adequate way for that. Um, so I'm going to show you now one of, uh, I'm going to give you like one of, uh, of my workouts that I do. These don't have a lot of the cardio element of the, of the high intensity interval training. But what I do is I really, each set, I push it to the max. So I split it in three sets. And the first set, it's, I do dips, as many as I can in 30 seconds. Then I do squats with a little bit of weight, not too, not too much weight, same, 30 seconds. Then I do leg lifts, and then I do pull-ups for 30 seconds. The kick here is that I'm not taking breaks. I go from the dip machine, I get down, grab my bar, do my squats, I do my leg lifts on the dip uh, on the dip bars or on the pull-up bar. So I do my leg lifts and then just do the pull-ups, and then start again the next round. Dips, squats, leg lift, pull-ups, dips, squats, leg lift, pull-ups. I do three sets, then I take a break for a minute, a minute and a half. It depends on how I'm feeling. Then I start the second set, which is consists of pushing and pulling the sled for 20 yards. So I push the sled 10 yards forward, and then I pull it backwards for 10 yards more. Then I do push-ups. Then I do... 30 seconds of plank, and then I do 30 seconds of jumping rope, and then I start again. On the sled, I recommend you, if you're starting, just do it without weights, and little by little, then start putting weights on it. Push-ups, max amount of, of push-ups you can do in 30 seconds. The plank, 30 seconds, just holding it. Engage the core, squeeze the glutes, squeeze the abs, stay high on that plank and breathe. And then jumping rope. Jumping rope is one of the baddest, baddest exercise to give you. It gives you a lot of conditioning and gives you a lot of shoulder strength. And you need to keep that core tight at all times. And then on the third set, I go a little bit away from the calisthenic part and I start doing I do kettlebell curls and then overhand press in just one move starting with the arms low I do my curl then I push that up for my press then I do a little bit of 
cable push for my triceps and shoulders, then I do mountain climbers, and then a little bit of the combat rope, which is another exercise that has gained a lot, a lot of uh, popularity in the past years, especially with the guys um, that practice uh, CrossFit. So those are the three sets, and I really try to push myself as much as I can, and I am, when I'm done, I am totally drenched in sweat. I really, really feel like I kicked a badass workout. I feel super good, endorphins to the roof, and your body really feels like, all right, that, that, was, that was cool. That was, that was totally worth it to dedicate. And, um, it takes me roughly 40 minutes to do this session. And if you compare that to the high intensity interval training that have just a lot of cardio in it, they're even shorter. Actually, Beachbody came up with a T25, which is a variation of the insanity. So it's practically like, you know, using the, the, the cliche or the lingo, it's insanity on steroids. Some of the insanity programs are between 45 and an hour. T25 is 25 minutes full blast, going at it, like, no mercy, and um, like I say, you can see the results, you can see them very quick, but you have to be very careful of how it affects your metabolism, because then you can get in a little bit of danger, because then you can just deplete yourself if you're not uh, nurturing yourself in uh, the best way possible, so... High-intensity interval training. Try it. Try it. At least try to, to give your body a little shock, like I was saying in the first and the second episode. We need to shock ourselves. We need to get outside of our comfort zone. That's the only way we're going to get progress. If you're just used to lifting and lifting as heavy or whatever, you need a little bit of balance. You need some cardio in your life. You need to put your body to the test because if you are lifting heavy and you don't do anything else, you are practically good at pushing and pulling. That's it. If you can't go out and run a mile or go and play some soccer, have a physical activity that really demands you to control your breath and to pace yourself according to a time limit or a time frame, then you're good for what I said, pushing and pulling, squatting, bench pressing and all that. And I mean, it's good. You're going to get strong. Yeah. And you might get super big, but I'll tell you what, you're not going to be able to catch me at least. So get yourself out there, put yourself out there, tell your trainer, all right, I'm here to really, really get my ass kicked so I can get in shape. And I guarantee your trainer is going to give you several options besides just lifting weights. A lot of exercises that, re that require your full core engagement, 
especially this high intensity interval training because if your core is not engaged you're going to have poor form to perform all these type of exercises you're going to be doing besides calisthenics you're probably going to be doing a lot of plyometrics and you need to have your core engaged your balance has to be very very good otherwise not only you're not going to see the effects you're going to hurt yourself so it's all about the bear inside of you when when you try to test yourself to check your navel power i learned this in, in my yoga and my teacher trainer embrace the bear inside of you look at yourself in the mirror take a deep breath and with your exhale growl as hard as you can as if you were a bear or a lion a savage animal and feel how your abs sink in there and they get hard in your glutes and your quads everything your arms everything is ready you are in fight mode so do that the next time you go to the gym with a high intensity interval training and i guarantee you you'll have a beach body and then go to the beach and do what you do no more fitness let's talk about music music today like i said i was gonna rant and i i'm gonna try to keep it short but um i was talking this morning on my yoga class with uh sal from midnight satellites and uh blake the one of um not one yeah he is yeah i am one of the guitar players but he's uh, the lead guitar player of uh the band I am currently, the Black Hat Saints, and we do some acoustic gigs around too. And he is my guitar instructor. So we trade uh, yoga classes for guitar lessons. And with Sal, I trade yoga classes for Tai Chi. If you haven't done Tai Chi, you're fucking missing. Anyways, we were talking today about the venues and how some venues around town, not around town, around the world, are super stingy when it comes to pay the artists that go to perform. And I'm gonna say this for the musicians that are out there. If you have a four piece and you're not getting paid at least, at least a hundred a man, don't get the gig, don't say yes. If you're getting paid less than 400 bucks for a four piece to play for four hours, don't take the gig. The promoters and the bookers, they're always going to tell you that we need them more than they need us. They are going to fill your ears saying, you know what, sometimes people come here and they don't even want to have live music. But what you have to tell them is, Besides the four hours they put up that we put up there on stage, sweating and screaming our balls off, you have to take in consideration A, the preparation for the gig, the amount of time that takes to drive from your house, wherever you live, to the venue. When you go away to a certain venues, and I'm really going to address here the venues in Old Town that you don't have 
a parking space for musicians or performers, at least one space, one space that it's exclusive for the band where you can, as bandmates, rotate that space and everybody goes and sets up little by little. But one, one freaking space that you can go and park your car there, get your gear down, start setting, and then you can go and try to park anywhere else. But no, when you go down there, you have to drive in circles to find a parking space and then hope that that parking space is close enough to the venue so you don't have to carry 40 plus pounds of gear until you make it to the venue. And I know you can get dolly, you can get uh, hand trucks or whatever it is, but it doesn't matter. So we're talking about the time that it gets to drive there, looking for a parking space, then setting up, then playing. While you're playing, have to deal with whatever kind of audience that you have, that it can go from the band is too loud, the band sucks, the crowd, the crowd getting ridiculously drunk and messing up with your equipment, like tripping on the pedal boards of the musicians or knocking down PA speakers and stuff like that. And after you're done, you have to break down. Pick up all your gear, go and get your car, put it in your car, and then drive home. So for us musicians, if you're talking about a four-hour gig, four-hour is kind of the active time that we're on stage performing. But before that, it goes from your garage or your storage room, putting your gear in your car, drive into the venue. Then it comes the four hours of performing, and then you have to pick up all your gear, put it back in your car, drive to your house, and get home at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Put that gear out of your, take that gear out of your car, put it back in your garage, and then go to sleep. Tired as hell. So you know what? We deserve the money. We work hard for that money. Besides, the songs, they don't learn themselves. We have to learn the songs. We have to learn the songs. Not only that, we have to play guess to which songs are they going to like and pick up songs that not everybody plays. So we're, every, every band sounds different than the band that was there the night before or the, or the week before. And the other thing, some of these venues don't want you to play original music. And that really sucks for a lot of bands because... People sometimes they don't understand that when you are when you get into a band, it's 99% of the times it's because you want to write your own music. You open the doors or you open your way into the music scene by playing covers. But in between the covers, you always try to slide in a couple of originals, and then when you get a following, 
people will normally start asking you, so are you guys going to record some original music? Some of these venues, they tell you, they're very, very adamant about it from the beginning. I don't want to hear original songs, only covers, and I want you to play mostly like classics that are on the radio all the time. And that really blows, because if I want to play fucking the songs that are played on the radio all the time, or that's what the, the venue people want the bands to play, then I'll just listen to the radio. I want to go and see bands that do songs, even if they're doing covers, they put their own touch on it, or put their own spin on it, and it sounds totally different when this band plays Simple Man from Leonard Skinner than when this other band plays it. So, first of all, a call out to all the musicians. If you're not getting paid at least a hundred per person, don't take the gig. Because not only you are whoring yourself down, you are hindering the other bands around. Because that's the value that you're establishing for all the other bands. So if you're getting paid that, the other bands are getting paid that. And that's just not fair. Because we are fucking worth the money. <sighs> Alright, got that off my chest. Let's talk about food now. Delicious food. A few years ago, I think I mentioned this on the on one of the first two episodes, I discovered pho, the Vietnamese soup, thanks to my roommate, Mr. Mike Hong. And a couple days ago, I was on Facebook, and another friend, Mr. Greg G. Killen, or Killen, posted a link from a place, I think it's in Venice Beach. They're making farito, which, yes, means all the components or the ingredients that go into the pho soup in a tortilla wrap and turn it into a burrito. So that's the name, burrito. I'm guessing they're offering all the the options for it. You know, pho. Some people like the pho, the chicken, or the seafood. I always get the meat, the meat ones with uh, the meatballs and the tendon and the tripe, all that super good stuff. On, um, I don't want to get too freaky here about the nutritional value, but I think that the soup is better because the nutrients in the, in the pho broth, if it's just bone and uh, meat broth, it's going to be very, very much higher. It's going to have a higher nutritional value than the, than the flour wrap, but fuck it, I'm going to try that. So I already told wifey that we must go. So very soon we'll be heading down to that place and I'm going to look it up right here so I can give you guys 
of that place because if you want to go and get your forito, you got to go, baby. So here is Forito, and it's published on a blog from Insider Food. You can find it there on Facebook, Insider Food on Facebook. And uh, man, and the that burrito looks pretty, pretty, pretty badass. But like I said, um, nutritional value, I'd rather do the soup. But of course, I'm going to try it. See if I can find the name of the place that's making this burrito. So there's a bowl of pho stuffed into a burrito. All right, so the place, it's called Komodo, just like the dragon, Komodo, K-O-M-O-D-O, -O -O, and it's in L.A. So search for Komodo, Komodo, Komodo dragon, Komodo favorito. And head up to L.A. and get yourself a favorito. If you're very hungry, just get a bowl of pho and then go to the Mexican place next to it and get a burrito. <laughs> well, that's what I got today, my friends. FMF, fitness, high intensity interval training, music, music venues, stop being stingy and give your artists the worth that we are deserving. And food, farito. A bowl of soup inside of a burrito. But no problem. So I will be talking to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to talk about oxygen debt. The only debt you don't have to pay with money. On music, we're gonna I'm going to be talking about a local band called The Tones. It's a reggae band where my... Good friend Alex Escalante is the drummer, and hopefully we'll have those guys here in the studio very soon. And on food, I'm going to try, but I'm not promising, a video of how to make arepas. So, stay tuned. See you on the I'm not gonna see you. See you guys tomorrow. Peace, love, fitness, music, and food. Cheers!